Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nugget, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we were in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 12. We've been talking about Paul and the visions and the revelations that he had. And this is brought about from our previous teaching that Jesus basically did not do anything unless he heard the Father first uh, speaking it. Or he saw the Father doing it. He fully understood his purpose and the will of the Father for his life. He knew his assignment, his mission, his purpose, why he was on this earth. He talked about the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. He talked about uh, for this purpose in 1 John uh, 3, 8. uh, For this purpose was manifested the Son of God that he might destroy the works of the devil. In Hebrews, it talks about he knew his purpose, that a body thou had prepared for me. Uh, you know, you didn't want sacrifice, you didn't want uh, offerings, but you prepared for me a body so that he could be the Lamb of God uh, that taketh away the sin of all the world. So Jesus knew how to hear from the Father. He knew how to understand and discern the will of the Father And he also had a very intimate relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, From the moment that the Holy Spirit came upon him and he started his ministry and both the miraculous, the miracles that he did, the words that he spoke, everything was tied to his ability to be able in that intimate relationship hear from the Heavenly Father. Now, it is for us also, when he taught his disciples to pray, when he told them, when you pray, pray in this manner. And part of that prayer, that model prayer uh, that Jesus prayed, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We find that he says, when you pray this prayer, you are seeking, you are asking uh, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here's something interesting that we have to consider. In our lives, if God has given us an assignment and a purpose, in other words, if we are to fulfill His will specifically for our individual lives, then that means we have to be equipped with the necessary tools and the necessary things to fulfill that assignment. It would be very difficult for a boss to give an assignment to his worker or workers and not give him the proper tools that are needed to accomplish that work or even a teacher uh, to give an assignment to his or her students and then not give them the tools that are necessary, whether it's pencil, paper, pens, whether it's an iPad, uh, whether it's a laptop, whether it's uh, being able to connect to the, uh, uh, to the internet. In other words, without the proper tools, without the things that are necessary, one will not be able to go and fulfill his or her assignment. Well, it's the same thing with God in our lives. He, he calls us, and we are all called with a very specific purpose, 
And he sends us. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Then we must be properly equipped with the necessary, uh, the necessary things in order to fulfill that purpose. If we are not, then how are we going to accomplish what God has called us to do? In the book of 2 Corinthians, in chapter 9, in verse 8, there is an interesting verse that would relate to this in our lives. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound. And once again, we've talked about grace on previous uh, uh, teachings. And God's grace begins where our abilities end. Whatever natural abilities, whatever natural skills, whatever natural qualifications we have, they are limited because they are of man. But God gives us the grace that is necessary to be able to accomplish and fulfill and do what is necessary. Now, I'm bringing this up because it has to do with Paul there in chapter number 12 of Second Corinthians. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound. The book of 1 Peter 4.10 talks about the manifold grace of God in our lives, how we are dependent upon Him wholly and completely to be able to do what we do. It doesn't matter what it is, how complicated, how simple, we are dependent upon Him. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency. Well, that's a problem with a lot of uh, uh, believers. There is not sufficient sufficiency. There's not sufficient ability or sufficient things to be able to do what one needs to do. Let's read that completely. Having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. If we are to do the good works that God has called us to do, if God is going to be glorified before man, when they see the good works that are done, then that means that there has to be the proper equipment and tools to accomplish this. Jesus in telling his disciples his command before he ascended into heaven, told them, don't leave Jerusalem, don't leave Judea, don't do anything, but wait first for the Holy Spirit until you are endowed, that was also in the book of Luke chapter 24, until you're endowed with the Spirit of God. And then you will be my witnesses. See, the assignment is to be a witness. But you can't be a witness until you're first given the tools, the proper tools, the necessary tools to be able to do the work. Well, the work was, if we're going to be his witnesses, we have to have the proper tools. And that would include the relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then that we may abound to every good work. That means there's more than sufficiency. 
There's more than enough to be able to do the, the thing that he has called you to do. And it doesn't necessarily involve or mean that you are going to have a big ministry somewhere. You're going to impact uh, millions of lives through preaching. But it does mean that in whatever he has called us to do, that we are sufficient. He provides for us to be able to. So if you just consider that, it, it really puts a stop to a lot of the, a lot of the prayers of, uh, God, I need this, God, I need that, because we're asking for things many times that have nothing to do with the sufficiency to be able to fulfill the assignment. We should concentrate on asking God for the sufficiency and the grace to abound where it concerns our assignment. God, open a door for me to minister. God, give me the words of wisdom. Uh, Lord, reveal that, that perfect will of yours. Remember, uh, even in the book of Romans, we're told in chapter 12, in verse 1 and 2, we're told to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that we may be able to know you know, what is our reasonable service unto God? And to be able to be renewed in our mind so that we may be able to distinguish and know what is the good, what is the perfect, what is the acceptable will of God. That's That way we're not praying outside of the bounds of the sufficiency that God has prepared for us. We're asking him many times for things as much as, you know, he may want to bless us and give us things. But we're asking for things that may bind us down or uh, literally overload us. And then we don't have time for him. We don't have the opportunity to seek him because we're overwhelmed in trying to either pay off, work off, or figure out how to deal with all the excess that we have in our lives that has nothing to do with His will and His purpose and sufficiency for the good works that He has called us to do. Now granted, if God gives you a good job, He gives you a good pay, He gives you good things such as that, then that means that there is a purpose behind it. It wasn't just for an, our indulgence. It wasn't for our covetousness. It wasn't for our greed. It wasn't for us to just be satisfying the flesh uh, or satisfying the mind. But it is to fulfill His purpose. Whatever He gives and whatever abounds of His grace in us, then we are to be able to deal with that. Now, having said all that, and I could surely and most definitely say a lot more, in chapter 12, in verse number 1 of the book of 2 Corinthians, when Paul talks about all these visions and all these revelations and all these things that uh, came to his life, Ultimately, he says, because of all of these things uh, taking place in my life, the devil decided 
to buffet, to uh, be a thorn in the flesh, in the sight of Paul, to literally make his life miserable. Now, it's important for us to understand that because as part of that thorn of the flesh, when he was in Antioch and Iconium, that is one of the times where he was stoned and he was literally left for dead. And that is where we get, in those few little simple verses, the story behind what I'm just going to go ahead and read. And the Lord willing, with tomorrow uh, uh, coming up as Wednesday, uh, we'll see if we can put a little bit even more clarity into this. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. For I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, whether I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. And we had made mention how Paul was talking in the third person, how that he, see, if he's talking about himself, he calls him he. He was caught up into paradise and he heard uh, unspeakable words, and that was the word rhema, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, as we look at the story there and we consider uh, what had taken place, then we begin to understand in the next few uh, verses when Paul starts talking about, he says, Uh, of such a one will I glory, yet uh, of myself I will not glory, but of mine infirmities. In other words, the only thing I'm going to glory in is my weaknesses. For though I would desire, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, that now I forbear, lest any man should uh, think of me above that which he seeth me to be or heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger, the word messenger there is the word angel of Satan. In other words, it was an evil angel to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, when we consider what he has just said there and what he was going through, let's look at uh, the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 19. And uh, there came uh, thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing him to have been dead. Now, this is the point that we had made that many believe this is possible, that this is the time that Paul was talking about when he was literally stoned. He died for that period of time. He was resurrected again. He was healed from the stoning that he was uh, uh, given because the verse goes on to say in verse 20, however, as his disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city and the next day he departed. Wait a minute, they just finished stoning him in that city and you're going right back in there again? Well, God has his ways and his purposes of doing things. 
But the whole thing today is consider this. God has given us an assignment. He wasn't done with Paul yet. He still needed to fulfill more going to the Gentiles. The devil uh, literally wanted to take his life. God says, nope, my grace is more than sufficient. And I am going to raise you up until you're done with the work that you need to do. Even if it means bringing you back from the dead, I'm going to send you until you're done with all that I have called you to do. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.